Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Imagine this. You're a parent with a kid in Chicago Public Schools, and on Monday night, late, you finally get this voicemail. This is an important message from Chicago Public Schools. We have reached an agreement with the Chicago Teachers Union, and classes will resume in person for all students on Wednesday, January 12th. After five days, with the 300,000 students in Chicago's public school system out of school, today, students and teachers will finally head back into the classroom. Everybody in the country was wondering, what's happening in Chicago and will it happen here? Today, hundreds of thousands of students in Chicago won't be returning to class. The battle between the teachers' union and the public school system here in Chicago throughout the entire pandemic has been extremely contentious. Our mayor, quite frankly, is failing our students. The only thing that we can control is is whether we go into the buildings. My kids are are struggling. They've struggled all week. Chicago schools will close for a fourth day. It just seems like a power play, and enough is enough. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I'm operating, like right now, on about three hours of sleep. (laughs) Shia Kappas. And I write the Daily Illinois Playbook. On the tense standoff between Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Teachers Union, why it all happened, and what this shows about the challenges facing school districts across the country as Omicron surges. You made a really interesting point when you said that the country was watching Chicago and waiting and wondering, sort of, can it happen here? Chicago is the third largest school system in the country, and it was staggering to watch that standoff play out in real time. Right, right. What makes it a little bit different than other areas in the country is that the relationship between the teachers union and Lori Lightfoot is very contentious and not Mm. because of um, anything that's going on nationally, but it goes back to 2019. What What a night. When Lori Lightfoot ran for mayor against the person that the union, the teachers union was backing and Lori Lightfoot Mm. won. Ever since then, there's a lot of tension between the, you know, the mayor's office and the union, you know, they've had three work stoppages and this is just the third one. I think maybe not so coincidentally right before probably that Mayor Lightfoot might announce that she's running for re-election in 2023. So it was a good way for the union to maybe jab a little, you know, before she (laughs) tries to (laughs) come out with, you know, a positive, you know, report about running for mayor again. Could you give me a brief summary of the past few days, starting with the work stoppage or strike? And it's not a strike. It was a work stoppage, though um, the mayor has taken it to the Labor Relations Board because uh, they're, you know, she thinks it was an illegal work stoppage um, because the mayor's office says that the school district under the mayor decides when schools close, not the teachers union. They're trying to figure that out. Uh, basically, the, the school district was concerned, is concerned still, about the safety of students and the safety of teachers. They wanted more testing. They wanted more contact tracing. Uh, they wanted um, to make sure that, that they felt that enough kids were vaxxed to make sure everybody was safe in the school. And it all comes as this, uh, the pandemic is really intensifying here. Now, mm-hmm. 
Mayor Lightfoot on the other side says, wait a minute, the science says schools are safe. Dr. Fauci says it's okay to be in school. I don't know if you have kids, but, you know, the way schools operate, kids are, it's very restricted. They sit in their seats and they look straight and they have their masks on and they can't walk around and they have to get permission to go everywhere. So it's not like being in a bar or a restaurant where you can kind of get up and go and do what you want and take off your mask. That said, it's still a scary thing. So... There was a lot of gray area about how safe is it. Yeah. You want to honor teachers who are concerned about this. Issues with testing as well, right? Testing was another. Testing was a really big issue uh, because um, there's something called an opt-in and opt-out discussion. Mm -hmm. The union wanted to have an opt-out, meaning that they could test kids whenever they wanted. And if a parent didn't want their child tested, they could opt out. The mayor wanted parents to have greater control. She said parents should opt in and say, I want my child tested, and only then can you test your child. And that was a hard line for her. We are not going to be in a world where we do a quasi-medical procedure on little children without their parents' affirmative written consent. And ultimately, she won that. However, the teachers' union got some of what they wanted too, more masks, there is more testing, there is more contact tracing. You know, is it a perfect thing? No, neither side got everything they want. Another thing the union got was to have a metrics, a blueprint established that says, this is when we close a school, when we reach, you know, this many absences of the teachers or this many absences of kids or this many cases. They wanted that spelled out more clearly so they would know when to close a particular school. And I think that's a big win for them. And that offers more clarity for everybody in the city, too. Can you give me a sense of the, the scope of this problem? Last year, when everything went remote, they lost track of 100,000 students. They either didn't zoom in, didn't have the equipment to zoom in, didn't have the wherewithal, didn't have the help from parents because they often live in single-parent homes and the parent is working. Mm -hmm. So 100,000 kids were off the radar. and. She didn't want that to happen. And some people were saying, well, isn't going virtual better than nothing? And yes, it is for kids who are from families that can afford to make it all happen, you know, that the parent can work at home and help their kid along. But for some, you know, for so many families, that was not the case. So I think it's 70% of the 330,000 kids in Chicago public schools get subsidized lunch and breakfast. So their meals, you know, uh, they're dependent on schools for more than just education. That is a big reason that Lori Lightfoot did not want to go virtual on or to have kids go virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the whole you know, the mental health issues that come with not being part of being in the school live. So I think there's a concern about once you start making virtual really easy, that then it could become an easy thing to do again and again. And then that just could be difficult for a lot of families. What has the mood of the city been like? Did you get a sense that parents were swayed in one direction or another? Was there sort of a side that had more support? 
okay, this is what was different than the other two work stoppages. In the other two cases, including the strike, I felt like parents were really behind teachers and backing their teachers. This time, I think parents have had enough. You heard more about uh, pop-up protests by parents, and parents mm. were online doing, you know, questioning the city's uh, Department of Health person, wanting to know answers on how safe the schools were. They were getting much more involved. They were being much more critical, I thought, just in public and public events. So I think there was, and and who knows, maybe that's what led to the agreement yesterday. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. teachers were sensing that too. I don't know. And so it's purportedly resolved now. Kids are returning to classes today. You kind of jumped in. Keep going. Yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt. So a deal was reached between the mayor's office, the school district, Pedro Martinez, who was the brand new CEO to Chicago Public Schools, the poor guy, this is the first thing he had to negotiate, it's going to be smooth sailing from now on, uh, yeah. between so it was between him and the leaders of the union, they came to this agreement. And now that agreement has gone to the union, all the union members, and that's what they're voting on. Mm-hmm. Presumably, because it passed the union leadership, it will also pass members you know, members will also approve it. And students are returning to classes today. And that will mean they were out of school for five days. The big question is whether teachers will get paid now, because uh, the mayor said teachers who do not go back into the school uh, will not get paid. So Mm -hmm. the four days that were at issue, the last day will not count, I don't think. Those four days at issue, the school district superintendent, uh, Mr. Martinez, will have to decide whether or not those teachers get paid. The union has said out of goodwill, it would be nice if the teachers did get paid. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the future here? I think there will continue to be tension. However, you know, there's a possibility one of the union leaders, Stacey Davis Gates, could run for mayor. Her name keeps popping up, in which case I think the rhetoric will be different because it was very vitriolic during this, you know, the past week. And I imagine Mm -hmm. that will be calmed down to some extent but we'll hear about it. It'll be tension filled for the year that there, you know, that the mayor's race is going on. So the relationship, that relationship between Lori Lightfoot and Stacey Davis Gates is not necessarily likely to get any better. I don't think so. Judging by Stacey's uh, comments last night where she was. This mayor is unfit to lead this city. Saying what a terrible mayor that the city had. And she is on a one woman kamikaze mission to destroy our public schools. (laughs) This is after they came to a deal together. It was very confusing. You know, it's like, wait, you just agreed on this deal together. They didn't stand with each other to talk about the deal that was reached, which is what you see a lot of times when two sides are at odds and then they come together to say, okay, we're united. That did not happen. The mayor had her press conference and then union had their press conference. Shia Kappas, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Also today, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced Tuesday that she tested positive for COVID-19, less than 24 hours after announcing the deal to bring teachers and students back to classrooms. Lightfoot said in a statement, quote, I'm experiencing cold-like symptoms, but otherwise feel fine, which I credit to being vaccinated and boosted. 
And the select panel investigating the January 6th insurrection has issued subpoenas for Andrew Sarabian and Arthur Schwartz, who were both aides to former President Donald Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr. It's perhaps an indication that investigators are inching closer to the Trump family. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>